Play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Big things popping, TPP. <laughs> Selling fried chicken, discounts for free. Oh. What up, Selena? It's my radio show. I don't even like you no more. Mm-hmm. Easy. Okay. Tennessee and Kool-Aid tastes good in the summertime, but it's spring. And that, Real talk. And that's what you were drinking this morning. No whiskey. Right. Um. So we're back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. On 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. It is my goal to oh, troll man, Selena. You should have made the gun sound right there. Like, pow, pow, pow. <laughs> pew, been, pew, 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 bullet, so, bullet. We, sh- we should get that. We should get that sound clip. Yeah, so maybe drop some Let's get gunshot clips from the community some. station. <laughs> right. Let's, responsible. Let, let's, let's make um, stero- Stanley's stereotypical character even more controversial I don't know what stereotypical means, but I'm going to call out Sharpton on you. This you said southern fried chicken and Kool-Aid, Stanley. What's wrong with that? I mean, come on. Those are like my favorite things on earth. No, I don't By eat Popeyes. Are you, you kidding Popeye? me? Alyssa, do you eat Popeyes? I do eat Popeyes. My sister. <laughs> in the struggle. <laughs> right, yeah. you, I got to tell you, my favorite fried chicken is Willie Mays fried chicken in New Orleans. Praise oh, the yes. base God. Mm. Nola. Shout out to New Orleans. Okay, guys. So we're back on the show again. My name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs and Stanley. Stan the man on the ones and twos and we're going to start off the show talking about the Trans-Pacific Partnership also known as TPP the TPP trade deal which is again the worst deal you may have never heard of it's not really about trade instead it can cost us our incident freedom labor rights access to affordable medicine and the safety of our food and protections that keep our food and water clean plus it has caused a huge rift in the Democratic Party. So the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP, it's a massive global trade deal currently being negotiated between the U.S. and 11 Latin American and Asian countries. So President Obama and proponents and his proponents are saying that the TPP deal will expand trade and investment for the U.S. while providing a boost to U.S. exports and small businesses. And he is actively pushing this deal. However, trade unions, environmental groups and activists like Stanley and high profile Democrats like Senator Elizabeth Warren accuse of Warren Warren it's Sunday morning I'm sorry I slept for like two three hours excuse me sorry about that Senator Warren um, they accused Obama of supporting uh, this trade deal that champions corporate corporate interests and lobbyist groups they say TPP would send American jobs overseas and put American workers in direct competition with low paid low paid workers across the seas Um, so In addition, they also say that it's nothing more than the North American Free Trade Agreement, which is properly known as NAFTA, on steroids. And if you can remember, back in 1993, when this, when the North uh, American Trade, NAFTA, yeah, NAFTA, when it was passed, when NAFTA was passed, um, it, it. A lot of what happened was a lot of companies started to. They had the leverage and the leeway to start. manufacturing their goods overseas and using low-paid workers to make their goods and then selling it back to Americans. So as a result, a number of factories across the country closed and so many people lost their jobs. And a lot of um, opponents of of TPP are saying the same exact thing is going to happen. And another thing that's a huge issue is the fact that it's being done in secret. No one knows what's really going on, what's really in the bill. Um... 
Yeah, Alyssa? Yeah, no, you? I just wanted to jump in there because I was reading a really interesting article about this, just this point, this secrecy point uh, in The Hill this morning. And apparently there, it seems like there's been a non-disclosure act signed with the other nations about the agreement, which makes it illegal for um, the people negotiating it, which would be the president and his advisors, to release the specifics to the public. However, the agreement says that the specifics can be released to Congress. So mm-hmm. that's sort of the reason, just to give you some background into why so secret now Congress is saying they're not getting all the details but the president's saying that's not true I've let you say all, you know I've let you see all the details so there's some back and forth about whether or not Congress is getting the full story but the reason why we haven't seen the details has something to do with some kind of non-disclosure that was signed with the other nations with respect to negotiating the deal and then um, just to add to that another reason what uh, proponents say is you know what we're negotiating something we need it to be secret so that we can have strategy you don't show right. all your cards when you're playing poker. That's so true. we don't want everyone to know. And even though con- congressional members are aware of it, they are not allowed to discuss it in public or with uh, members of their own staff. I remember Alan Grayson, um, Grayson from Florida came out and he was like, yeah, I read it, but I can't talk about it. And that's just, again, something that's extremely problematic right now. Um, so, you know, even though President Obama is pushing this deal, Ironically, a number of Republicans are standing in his corner. Maybe it's not ironic, ironic, but we have like Senator, um, I mean, Representative Paul Ryan. Um, you have a number of um, dumb Republicans in the House. Also, companies like Apple. So it's sort of like the Republicans, Obama, and corporations against everybody else on the left. And it's basically a simple, you can simplify it into business versus labor. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Definitely. You know, the business class, the quote unquote job creators <laughs> versus the labor force and working people. No, that's exactly what it is. And we actually have a very special guest on the line with us who will help us further explain TPP and why it's so dreadful and what we need to do to try to to prevent this from passing. We have on the line with us Katherine Johnson, who is a field organizer for Public Citizens Global Trade Watch. Good morning, Katherine. Good morning. Good morning. So um, how are you doing this morning? How's everything? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really pumped up by this fight. Right, right. We're pumped up as well. I just gave a brief synopsis of everything that's been going on with TPP, but I was hoping that you could explain what is so significant about TPP. Well, it'll, it's by far the largest trade agreement as uh, that the, has ever been negotiated anywhere in the world. It'll cover 40% of the global economy. As you mentioned, it's between 12 countries um, around the Pacific, the Pacific Rim. It's also, uh, so in that way, it's huge. It's also huge in the vast array of different issues that it covers. Um, as you mentioned, it's not really a trade deal. It's, it's really about so many other issues. And so it would have a drastic impact on the domestic policies and domestic laws of all of the countries that enter into this agreement. Right. So, and guys, if you're just tuning in, we have on the line with us Katherine Johnson. She's a field organizer for Public Citizens Global Trade Watch. If you want to talk about 
TPP. Call us up. The number is 212-650-6903. Catherine, so I actually, I wanted to talk about um, how this, how TPP is being labeled amongst opponents. They've been calling it NAFTA on steroids, which I mentioned in my opening. Um, from my understanding, NAFTA is often blamed for encouraging companies to move millions of jobs out of the U.S. overseas. Why and how is TPP connected, correlated, or just just NAFTA on steroids as it's being labeled? It will once again pit U.S. workers against much lower wage, or wage workers in other countries, just like NAFTA did. So since the passage of NAFTA in 1994, we've actually lost 5 million manufacturing jobs in the United States. Uh, the TPP will pit American workers against, for example, workers in Vietnam who have a minimum wage of 60 cents per hour. And so we know that the TPP would have the same uh, downward pressure on American wages. We would lose American jobs, uh, especially middle-class, good-paying manufacturing jobs, which are being replaced by much lower wage and less secure um, service sector jobs, as we've seen over the last several decades. So in that way, <clears throat> it's not unfair. Excuse me. Um, but also, again, as I said, it covers so many, a much broader range of issues than, than even NAFTA did. So, for example, it will regulate how countries uh, do their copyright law and do their patent laws by making them much stricter, extending copyrights for a much longer time and require all of the countries that enter into, into the agreement to do that. It would also require... Um, it would reduce the access to medicines, to life-saving generic medicines in many of these countries by requiring countries to patent medicines for longer. Um, it would have an impact on Internet freedom. The great uh, victory that we had here in the United States by, um, by requiring net neutrality, that, this could actually be overturned by the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So in that way, like I said, it's just so much broader. Of the 29 chapters of the agreement, only five actually have anything to do with with traditional strict trade issues like tariffs and quotas. Hey, Catherine, this is Alyssa here. Uh, So, you know, I just wanted to go back a second. One of the first things you meant was with respect to copyright laws and also said that it could have an effect on domestic policy. Um, My question for you is... Wouldn't some of those things also require additional congressional action? For example, if you wanted to change the copyright laws in the U.S. Uh, in to come into compliance with the TPP agreement, wouldn't that also require Congress to pass separate legislation in order to change the copyright laws? The TPP wouldn't change that without a, dom- a change in domestic law, correct? That's true. And so that brings us actually to the fast track and the trade promotion authority, which is what the, which is the bill that's making its way through Congress right now. Um, and all implementing legislation, every piece of legislation that would be required to bring us in compliance with the TPP would be on the same fast track through Congress that the, that the trade agreement itself would be on. So it, it, it sort of greases the way through Congress for all so every piece of legislation that the president deems is appropriate or necessary to bring us into compliance with the with trade agreements. So that would mean there would be no independent debate on any of those issues or any of those bills? Well, it would mean that Congress would uh, have to give a, an up or down vote to all of those uh, all of those pieces of legislation with no amendment. And they would it's called fast track because it has to go through in 90 days. Congress has to vote on it ni- within 90 days. Congress yeah. can't even have a drink in 90 days. <laughs> Congress can't get John, anything done. can. So I have a question. You mentioned that with this plan, with this deal, if it went through, that it would. Um, 
it would put regular workers in competition with um, foreign workers who may have cheaper wages. How exactly does it do that? Sorry, I missed the last part of your question. So you said that um, the, the the agreement might put um, like regular middle class workers in competition with workers from around the world who may be able to um, who work for cheaper, like putting I guess a worker in New York against a worker in China, where the wages are like six cents an hour, not that bad, but you know very low. How does it do that exactly? Well, for, first of all, China isn't actually a part of this agreement yet. Um, it's a docking agreement, so China could join later. But for right now, China's not a part of it. But Vietnam is, for example, um, and other countries with, with much lower wages than here in the United States. Well, it opens up, uh, so it, it reduces all tariffs, um, and uh, or it reduces or eliminates all tariffs, which is one way that um, countries can actually protect their own workers. Um, and uh, th- thus... Uh, it also offers incentives for U.S. companies to offshore by giving them extra rights in other countries that they wouldn't have here in the United States. And it does that through something called the Investor State Dispute Settlement System, where corporations from any of these countries can sue governments if they have an investment in another country that's a part of the TBP. They can sue governments under a private tribunal made up by, of three trade attorneys um, for, for any policies that they don't like, essentially. So it actually gives them more rights abroad than they would have here in the United States. Catherine, you're doing such a good job at laying down <clears throat> everything that's wrong with TPP and why it should not be passed through Congress. Um, so I have like a, almost a two-part question. Do you, why do you think that, you know, this bill is it's almost atrocious, right? It's going to affect Internet rights, our access to medicine, labor rights, everything. Um, why isn't why don't we why aren't we hearing more about TPP? Do you think that there is not a conspiracy, but there's like some, you know, some type of something going on where Congress is like, let's just move this quickly and quietly through or not Congress, but just like the proponents. They want to move it through Congress very quickly and very quietly so that there's not a lot of public debate and outrage. Do you think something like that is going on here? Absolutely. I think that the administration has actually been fairly clear about part of the reason that there's so much secrecy around this agreement is because the public would be opposed to it. That once the public, as the public is slowly learning about the different provisions in the, in the TPP, there is more and more outrage. And we're seeing it certainly from Congress, those members of Congress who have been able to see the agreement or, uh, you know, have an idea of what's in it are pushing back. That's why we're seeing the vast majority of Democrats against this in, in the House. Um, there is actually only a, a handful of Democrats that, that have said that they're in favor of the TPP or, or, or fast track in the House. Um, and so basically, this agreement is a corporate wish list. It's everything corporations know they can't get through Congress in a democratic way, so they're including it in this trade agreement. Um, and so there has been, that's, I, I absolutely think that that's why there's so much secrecy around it. Um, guys, if you're just tuning in, again, we are on the phone with Katherine Johnson. She is from Public Citizens Global Trade Watch. If you guys want to chime in and talk about TPP and, you know, talk about if, if you're active on the ground and, and talking about this movement or and talking about how to stop fast track and how to stop TPP from actually moving forward through Congress and you want to call us up, the number is 212-650-6903. I did want to play devil's advocate just really quickly before we go on break, Catherine. Um, 
so what Obama has been saying is, you know, China and you mentioned China. So they're saying that China is negotiating trade rules all over the world. And if we fail to pass TPP, this would cede economic power to China. You mentioned China is not a part of the deal as of yet. So would it actually hurt us in that way? Probably not. And I think that they're they're really grasping at straws by using this argument that we we have to have the TPP to contain China. Essentially, what they're saying is that we need to screw over American workers, essentially, as well as American consumers, in order to reduce the economic, uh, sort of the uh, economic primacy of China. And that's a ridiculous argument. Also, again, China could enter into this agreement in the future. And in fact, um, there's, I think the U.S. would really like China to enter into it. Um, but that doesn't contain China in any way. That doesn't keep China from growing economically. Um, and certainly, as China is negotiating similar agreements in Asia, um, Europe has, uh, uh, European countries have expressed a lot of interest into entering into these agreements with China because, they, um, because the agreements that China is negotiating are not drastically different from what the U.S. is proposing or what the U.S. is negotiating. So it's not like we're proposing something drastically different than what China is proposing in the region. Right. So, um, guys, I know we're going to have to go on a quick break, but when we come back, we'll continue talking about TPP Fast Track. We have, again, Catherine Johnson on the line from Public Citizens Global Trade Watch. And you are listening to Let Your Voice Be Heard. Don't go anywhere. Yoga. And we are back. But did you just say yoga? Yeah, that's the name of the song, Janelle Monae Yoga. Get that off was my Janelle Monae. No wonder I love that song. I'm like, oh my God, what is this song? She I love it. listening to the song. We I was. Stanley, I was like, great song choice. No, she wasn't. We were talking about the show the entire time. We were debating about TPP. You know what show I want to talk about, but we can't talk about it right now. Maybe we can talk about it during the news roundup. What? Amy Schumer. We will talk about that. I love her. She is so awesome. And, you know, we're also going to be talking about the California drought and drug-sniffing dogs, so make sure you stay with us. And now we're going to go back to talking about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Yes, we are. We're going right back. And where we left off again, um, I just wanted to to reiterate the TPP trade deal. Triple pounds. No, it doesn't stand for triple pounds, oh. but it has a lot to do with labor rights, um, affordable access, I mean, access to affordable medicine, internet freedom. It's being done in secrecy. Mm. Um, it's actually been negotiating for the last couple of years, mm. but President Obama and proponents, Obama. Mm. Stanley, really? I'm your hype man. <laughs> You're not the anger translator. What are you mm. doing? <laughs> but so a lot of um, the proponents pushing the bell, you know, they've been using um, fast track. Again, we've mentioned that before we went on break. And again, the fast track bill would pre-approve TPP before the public and most of Congress even gets to see it. And this bill is not something that would help American middle class workers and low class workers. I mean, low lower class. income. Income workers. I didn't mean to talk about Stanley and his what people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Stanley. So um, I'm not low class. I'm poor class. Oh, poor class. That's yeah. how you classify yourself. Sorry about My that. Areola. So we have on the line with us Catherine Johnson. She's Johnson. A, yeah. I'm Your ad libs are just ridiculous, ridiculous right now. Ridiculous. They are ridiculous. All right, cool. Um, so she is a field organizer from Public Citizens Global Trade Watch. Um, you still there, Catherine? 
Yes, I am. Okay, perfect. And I know Alyssa had a question that she wanted to ask you. Hey, Catherine. So, uh, you know, I'm a lawyer, and so I focus on a lot of the legal aspects of stuff like this. And I have been reading about um, how there's a provision of the TPP that would create an entire separate system of justice, essentially. It would create special tribunals to hear and decide claims by foreign investors that their corporate interests are being harmed by a nation and that that's part of the agreement. And a lot of people are saying that that could interfere with state sovereignty and, and with state's ability to have robust laws that protect uh, the public, like such as New York, that has a lot of uh, very good consumer laws that protect the public. So I was hoping that you could speak more about the tribunal provision, but also answer the larger question was, because this raises this legal issue of state sovereignty, if at some point a state was to sue, and this case was to go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court was to strike down one of these provisions in the TPP, how could that affect the whole agreement? camps. Well, I think the certainly the negotiators here and, and members of Congress who are really in favor, I'm going to answer the second part of that um, first, is, have made it really clear that they are unwilling to negotiate these agreements without the investor state dispute settlement provision, which is, which is these private tribunals. And so I, I think that it could actually impact the entire agreement. We would have to probably go back and renegotiate the entire thing. And it would be especially bad as the U.S. is who has been pushing the investor state dispute settlement so hard within these agreements. And there was actually um, that, per, that chapter, the investor chapter of the TPP was leaked um, in, at the end of March. Uh, WikiLeaks leaked it. And so we were able to see it and, and, and analyze it and see actually the positions of, several, of the other negotiating countries as well. And several countries have tried to exempt their laws, certain parts of their laws from ISDS, um, or try to exempt themselves completely because they realize, they recognize how dangerous it is. That, um, for example, it would, it would empower an additional 9,000 corporations, foreign corporations in the U.S. to sue state, city, or national governments, and it would empower 18,000 U.S. corporations to sue the, uh, any, any of the other 11 countries, their governments, um, the other countries who are part of the agreement. Catherine, can you give us an example of that? Like, break that down. So corporations are going to be able to sue the government if they're not reaching their profit goals and they feel like government is impeding or preventing them from reaching goals. Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is it's usually it has to do with a change in policy. So, in fact, ISDS provisions are in most of the trade agreements that have been negotiated by the U.S. for the last couple of decades. And so we don't even have to hypothesize. We can see cases that have gone through these ISDS systems. Um, for example, the uh, one of the um, provinces up in Canada has, was successfully was success, successfully sued by a U.S. company because of the environmental impact assessments that that company was required to do before they were before they mined in an environmentally sensitive area on the coast of Canada, and that was a, a successful case um, because Canada required this because the province required. Um, additional environmental impact assessment because of pressure, because of a, the democratic process within the province. Similarly, um, El Salvador is currently being sued by, a, an, by an Australian company uh, that bought out a Canadian company um, for $300 million because they passed a moratorium on mining in El Salvador. And so uh, Pacific Rim... Uh, now owned by Oceana Gold, is claiming that 
they are losing $300 million, not that they had already invested, but in expected future profits, what they thought they could get from a mining concession that they got before the moratorium was passed. That sounds like a lot of big words, and I don't believe in words, so you're wrong. What I do (laughs) want you to know... Because apparently you know things because you read books and have a degree and you care about people because that matters, is this. <laughs> President Jaquan Hussein Obama is trying to pass this thing through called the Clean Power Plan, which would reduce emissions all across the U.S. by a certain degree, by, 1990, by the year 1990s um, emission degrees, um, by like in the next 20 years, right? So it would force nuclear plants and other energy plants to reduce the kind of energy they push out every year, but it would allow states to kind of dictate how they would do that. Are you telling me that right now BP Oil could sue Obama, which I like because Obama needs to be sued, can (laughs) sue him for making them lose money because they had to reduce their emissions? It could, if, if, for example, if a state or a city passed a policy to be in compliance with um, with that law, then a, a foreign corporation, not a U.S. corporation, but a foreign corporation could sue that state or that municipality. If for the expected future profits that the company lost. Wow. I am from Brooklyn. That is foreign. Can I sue Barack Obama? <laughs> <laughs> Probably until, not. Until the Brooklyn de- uh, declares its sovereignty, I'm afraid not. Brooklyn. And what about these FEMA camps you mentioned earlier? <laughs> so how are we going to stop that from, how can we protect people from FEMA camps? Because I don't want to go to camp, especially not FEMA camps. Uh, I'm sure there's some provision. I would hope so. They better have whiskey there. Alyssa, (laughs) Catherine, getting back in all seriousness and aside from Stanley's jokes, we mentioned um, the environment now twice. It's come up in passing. Uh, But I'll ask you directly. Uh, We're going to talk about the California drought in our next segment. And we know uh, that there's a big thing going on right now with the environment and environmental policy. How would this trade deal affect the environment and affect some of the progress that is trying to be made on the climate change issue? Um, Would it in, you know, would it have a negative impact on that, or would there be positive impacts? Uh, I mean, how would that work out with respect to the environment? Well, it, it could potentially have very negative impacts on the environment, and that's why we've seen most of the major environmental groups and many local environmental groups a campaign really strongly against fast track and against the TPP. Um, so, and much of the environmental impact would come from this ISDS provision that I was talking about. Uh, empowering foreign corporations to sue governments here in the U.S. and and in other countries uh, for environmental regulations that they pass through a democratic process. A lot of people in New York, for example, are really up in arms about the TPP because they worry that it could actually overturn the fracking ban that New York recently passed. Um, is one example. In addition, the TPP would also require the U.S. to get rid of any restrictions on the export of natural gas or any any petroleum products. And so a lot of environmental groups think that that could uh, worsen climate change significantly and in- increase our carbon emissions. So those are two key examples of how this would impact the environment. So this doesn't make sense to me because President Obama has been extremely active in trying to stop this myth called climate change. And especially in the last few years, he's been very aggressive. What is, why would he be so, why would he do all of that for climate change and then push something that seems to put a lot of what he's worked on and other places have worked on in jeopardy? So is, is, does he feel like if America is not involved in this and deeply involved in dictating how this is made, that it'll get done with someone else and affect us anyway? I, 
it's a mystery to me why President Obama is pushing this so strongly. In his recent speeches, for example, when he's attacked Elizabeth Warren and attacked other progressives, the only argument that he makes in favor of Fast Track is to trust him, that he's been a progressive president, thus we should trust that any agreement he enters the U.S. into must thus be progressive, instead of actually engaging on what's in the TPP or what Fast Track would do. And there's a possibility that he really believes that this could improve the economy in the United States, but unfortunately he's wrong. Catherine, does Obama know he's black? America's not good at trusting black people. <laughs> he should have came up with a different excuse. He should let him know. I mean, you know, so, I, I think like that... like Cecily Strong says. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. She made that great joke yesterday. I think that, you know, pr- President Obama, I, it feels like he's just representing uh, multinational corporate interests, and I get, I don't know if he had some type of payout deal. Maybe he's interning for college. I mean, he has to find a new job <laughs> soon. So. I mean, I don't know yeah. what's going on because, you know, Stanley, you bring up a, a really good point. How will this affect the Obama legacy we know that he has prided his administration on helping middle class and lower class americans either through obamacare Mm -hmm. through um the auto bailout he's done so much how did it affect clinton's legacy it didn't how no, that's he, not, I wouldn't say that's not true. We could have that debate, and that could yeah. go on for the next 20 minutes. But <laughs> I think NAFTA has had a big impact on President Bill Clinton's, uh, former President Bill Clinton, sorry's uh, legacy. Catherine, pass me a mimosa, please. No, no. Well, so here's the thing. If NAFTA um, undercut um, Bill Clinton's administration, how would TPP effectively hurt or affect Obama at all? Well, I don't know. It takes years to see how like how strong this is going to be unless the minute it goes through, BP sues um, America over the oil spill. And then and BP takes over America and it turns like into idiocracy where the oh oil God. company is the president. Oh, I'd be gone. I'd be in jail so fast. I'd probably ask what time it was and like six cops would shoot me. <laughs> it would be over. Catherine, yeah. what do you think? How do you think this would affect the Obama legacy? I think, unfortunately, it will undermine many of the most progressive policies that he's managed to implement during his presidency. And I've heard some people call on Elizabeth Warren and others to try to save Obama from himself (laughs) and this delusion that this is a progressive trade deal and save him from essentially undermining his entire legacy. Right. I mean, I don't know if he doesn't want to be saved, but... We'll just have to see how don't this. On, it's on. I know. I was she thinking of that. Just remember, she it's on his safe. bucket list. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's on his bucket list, Captain. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap up, but I wanted to give you, um, you know, time to just let our listeners listeners know what they can do in order to stop the fast track bill and stop TPP. Absolutely. Well, Fast Track right now just was voted out of the House Ways and Means Committee last week, as well as out of the Senate Finance Committee. So the uh, the proponents of Fast Track are ready to take it to a floor vote the minute they think they have the votes. So it's, it, the most important thing right now is that members of Congress, all members of Congress, are hearing from their constituents that they don't want Fast Track. And so the biggest thing that people can do is is let their members of Congress know that they expect them to protect us from the Trans-Pacific Partnership and expect them to vote against Fast Track. And you can actually go to stopfasttrack.com to, to contact your member of Congress. Um, also, if you want to learn more, you can go to exposethetpp.org. Um, and then Congress is actually on a recess, meaning that they should be back in their home district the week after next. So that's a perfect time to go to your members of members office or hold a rally, hold a press conference, hold any sort of event there to make sure that our members members of Congress are hearing from the 
like unified and huge opposition to fast track and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. All right, Catherine, you are so excellent. Let our listeners know how they can follow you and follow your organization. Absolutely. So I'm on Twitter, Kat Johnson, D.C., um, but the best place for information is, like I said, exposethetpp.org. We're also on Facebook under Expose the TPP, and we're constantly putting out information there. Um, or you can go to citizen.org backslash trade to learn really the wonky technical details of Fast Track and the TPP. So lots of ways to find us. Um, it's Global Trade Watch is the division of Public Citizen. That's our uh, organization. So find us on Twitter, Facebook, um, or go to our website. Thank you again, Catherine, so much for calling in and joining this conversation. I just wanted to wrap up and reiterate again why TPP is so horrible. Again, the details are being negotiated in secret. And as Catherine mentioned, what the proponents and House Republicans are trying to do, they're trying to pass this as quickly as possible, as quietly as possible. And then, unfortunately, we will be the ones that would feel the effects. And some of those harmful effects um, would be, number one, Americans may only gain about 43 cents per post per person. So the Economic Policy Institute, they did this huge research. Um, they did a huge research study, and, it's, and if that, they found out that Americans would see a benefit of only less than 50 cents per person per month. So we would have to make this huge sacrifice in the name of lowered trade barriers just for 43 cents a month. That's not a lot of money. But we don't know what's in the deal yet, so how do they know that? Well, some of it has been leaked through WikiLeaks, and again, um, Congress people have been able to read it, but they haven't necessarily shared it and, and, and passed it along. Um, in addition to that, I wanted to also say that um, expanded trade overall, according to the EPI, um, has lowered wages, lower wages for non-college ed- educated workers by almost $1,800 annually. So it's very real, tangible, hurtful effects. In addition to that, TPP would significantly hurt workers without college degrees, and that's about 70% of the U.S. workforce. Um, So, I mean, again, there's a number of ways for us to become active. I actually sent my representative an email saying that I do not want you to support Fast Track or TPP. I do not want you to support this bill. And if a number of people do this and start to really make us think about it, then they'll pay attention and they'll stand up for the American people and our rights. And on that note, we do have to go to a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about more news stories and Freddie Gray right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. Do this, run, run, run. 